Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out, so I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And we welcome you now to a mini episode where we hear from you, our treasured listeners. We share your comments and thoughts and answer your burning questions to the best of our ability. And a quick reminder that we are not experts. We're podcast hosts, and we do always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a doctor and or mental health professional as needed. And if you would like to reach us with a question or comment, our voicemail number is 781-591-0390, and our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. So just zap us on the jeams with your questions. Zap, zap, zappity zap on the jeamy jeam jeams. Wow, you're really taking this to a, a new level. You know, just <laughs> testing things out here. Now that I'm 40 and I don't care what people think of me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I'm just saying saying whatever I want. I like this, you know. Dory, let's let's loosen up our shoulders. Ooh, let's do that. And mm. dig mm. in to some listener feedback about shoulder pain and stress. Yeah, should we just remind everyone what what they're responding to? Please do. Um 
someone had written in about shoulder stress. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that, Dory. You are so welcome. I think the question was kind of like, how do I get rid of it? I see a massage. I do acupuncture. Like, what's going on? Turns out we have a lot of listeners who are very knowledgeable about their shoulders. Yeah, let's hear from them. Okay. The first email. Loyal listener from London here. You have to read this in a British accent. No, I do not. Okay, do fine. I really? Yeah, well, I will say that the listener <laughs> does at the end suggest to say something in a posh English accent. But I'm just saying. I don't want to offend an entire nation. All right. With Fair my, enough. My, I'll do it at the Please end. Please proceed. I was listening to the latest mini episode and I heard about the person who was having trouble with tense shoulders. And it reminded me of a funny technique that I learned as a kid, which has helped me as a grown up too. My drama teacher would say, we should imagine we had giant glass marbles on top of our shoulders. Then she would make us hunch them a little bit, then a bit more, then all the way hunched, imagining the marbles were balancing there the whole time. Then, with a shout, we would push our shoulders down and fling our hands out. Dory is doing this right now. Imagining the marbles rolling down our arms and off into the distance. So when I feel tension in my shoulders, I imagine my drama teacher intoning, one, two, three, shoot those marbles away. For full picture, say this in a posh English accent and imagine a pack of eight-year-old girls doing this before attempting to recite Shakespeare. Wow. In England, they have eight-year-olds reciting Shakespeare. That's impressive. That is impressive. Um, well, I just tried that. Did it feel good? It did feel good. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna try the glass marble. I like that visualization. Mm-hmm. You... <sighs> and then shoot the marbles away. Yeah, but then don't they like crash? And then you have to worry about stepping on like glass marbles. Shards? And then you're worried about people stepping on marbles. It yeah. becomes a whole thing. You better not be barefoot when you do this. <laughs> you do this exercise. <laughs> Um, Tori, do you want to read this? I would, that we received? I would love to. All right. Here's what I learned is helpful. One, take a look at your posture, especially when sitting. I changed my workstation setup. Try to be conscious of how I'm sitting when driving. Get up from my desk more, etc. Posture is everything. Some of the tension may be emotionally driven, but a lot is probably rooted in or at least reinforced by subpar posture. Two, when you are tense in your neck and shoulders for year after year, these muscles get shorter and the ones that are in the lower shoulder area and mid back get weaker from being stretched out. Massage and other body work helped me a little, but my my experience is that it only started to stick when I started working on strengthening those other muscles. If you can go to a physical therapist for a home exercise regimen to work on that, it was a game changer for me. Well, guess what? What? A physical therapist wrote in. Look at that. And corroborated what this listener said. This physical therapist wrote, sometimes tight shoulders like upper trapezius are trying to stabilize a weak neck. It seems counterintuitive, but sometimes tightness is really our body's way of trying to compensate for weakness. It might be worth it for the listener to have a couple sessions with a physical therapist to learn simple neck strengthening exercises. You know, you never really think about strengthening, or I, I should say, I never think about strengthening my neck. I've never thought about having a weak neck. Yeah. I mean, I think about like stretching my neck. Sure. But uh, but, but strengthening? strengthening. How do you even strengthen your neck? I don't know. But I'm just what? imagining like holding a tiny dumbbell under your chin. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? I like, do. Doing tiny little sit-ups with your neck. Yeah. I'm yep. sure that's not it. That sounds like it would just Maybe make everything more like tight. Pushing it out. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> 
It's a good thing this is not a visual <laughs> visual show because we it's both true. are we've both been doing like weird movements with our bodies yeah. since reading all these emails. I also I'm I'm definitely tilted over to the right. Let me let me straighten out oh, here. Oh gosh. Okay. Here we go. That's better. Posture is a big issue for me personally. Mm. So and I think it do, I I am I'm also off balance. Like one of my hips gets higher and I've had to go to oh. physical therapy to have them teach me how to even out my hips. Interesting. Are they more even now? Uh, yes, but I probably should go back. Mm. You know, we're works in, works in progress. We are, all of us. We received feedback on our thank you note conversation. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you what happened. This was this was something we had talked about in a full episode. Yes. Dory was writing It was thank an you intention yes. that I failed to fulfill. And then we had a little discussion about thank you notes. And so a few days later... I was like, okay, I'm ready. I need to write those thank you notes. And I can't find them. Wait, did you write them and now you've lost them no, or you can't find the I cards? I had ordered cards yes, they're with so cute. Henry's cute little face on them. What a great idea. Thank you. Um, and I'd been keeping them in the box they came in. I'd ordered them from Minted. Um, and then I also had, I think I had like some stamps in there. And then I had a list of the people who I needed to send the thank you notes to, including crossed off all the people I'd already sent them to. Kate, I have no idea where this box is. I thought it was in the very room we are sitting in. It does not appear to be in this room. You've torn this room apart looking for it? I've torn this room apart. I now think that it might have been inadvertently thrown out. Oh. Yeah. Well... A listener wrote in with a suggestion that might apply to your situation. Yeah. So I, I think I think I'm gonna order more thank you notes. Cause I really like those thank you notes. Those were so cute. They're very cute. But it is hard now that you don't have the list. Are you worried yeah, I, about well, that? Well, I have the list on my phone. I just don't have the people crossed off of who I actually sent them to. I think I mostly remember because I had gotten through most of the list. So I'm just so annoyed. Also, there's that feeling of like you bought something yes. and then accidentally threw it away and it's yes. like throwing money in the garbage. Yes. Yeah, that's the worst. I mean, I had used a lot of them, but there were still a lot left. Well, a listener asked us if we had ever considered making something called thank you note forgiveness day I'm very into this idea they wrote hi kate and dory do you listen to the podcast reply all yes they've in- i yes. do they've invented email debt forgiveness day we've talked we've talked about, about this. email debt yes. forgiveness day um we both listened to reply all but dory specifically you went into great length talking about i this. did yeah and why it resonated with you um so this listener said I am a serial non-sender of thank you notes. It is my greatest shame. I want them to be just perfect. I procrastinate, decide on different stamps or whatever and before you know it it's too late and I'm too ashamed to send them. Can you please invent a thank you note forgiveness day? It might need to be done via email to make sense, but maybe along with a charitable donation amends could be made. Let me know what you think if you have time. I'm into this idea. I am too. Should we choose a date? So what what exactly would it entail? We would pick a day and on that day we write to everybody that we never sent a thank you note yes. to and apologize for not sending the thank you note or just or connect on it. Yeah. Don't have to apologize. Yeah. I don't think you necessarily have to apologize. Um, you can if you want to. 
Um, but yeah, and then it's like a, it's a clean slate. All past forgotten thank you notes are forgiven. Yes, and and I I actually like what this person is saying that it can be done via email because I think sometimes I get I mean I am currently hung up on this. I can't send a thank you note until I have these cards. Right, the perfect card. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get it. And in the meantime, I've I I feel like I've been avoiding talking to some people who I know I owe a thank you note to, and I know that that's so dumb and like. They probably don't care. They're like, you just had a baby. But I'm like, oh, God, this is so embarrassing. I didn't send a thank you note. And I can't email it to the like, it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense. I get it. I mean, I still think about the person I didn't send a thank you note to who sent me a great baby gift. Do you, maybe I would write them on this day. Yes. They would probably be like, what is going on with you? That would be amazing. Okay. Let's- I think you should do that. Okay. We can have them on the podcast. Yes. It can be a whole thing. It can be a whole spiel. So when should we do this? I feel like summer people are away. How about sometime toward the end of September? I like that. We pick a day. Yeah. Doesn't interfere with the Jewish holidays. No. Great call. But it's going to at some point, but just not this year. Let's say September... 18th. Wow. Look, I like how you just make a decision. See, I would have waffled for months over the right day. Looks like I have nothing planned on that day. <laughs> and what what day of the week is that? It's a Wednesday. Okay. I can make it happen. Middle of the week. Great. We first- Also, I like the the numerical symmetry of 918. 91819. 91819, but, but also I know what you mean. 918. I get yes. it. Yes. Yes. Um we could also do 91919. I think I like 918. I do too. Because like 918 will stay the same every year. <laughs> Am I insane? No. Okay. In my brain, I'm like, mm, one odd number and one even number feels so good. Why do numbers feel good? Uh, I don't know, but I love prime numbers. What's your favorite number, Dory? Do you have one? I do. It's two. Mine's 24. Oh, cool. <laughs> is it though? Well, 24 is two. And two times two or two plus two. It's also the jersey number for my favorite Red Sox player of all time, Dwight Evans. That's why I picked it. Yeah. Do you think this is the point where listeners... They're like, that's it. This we're is, tuning we're out. We're done. Yep. Forever 35. They're, they're just talking about favorite <laughs> talking about numbers. numerology. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, okay. We have another thank you note follow up. Well, wait. Hold oh, on. No. Oh, gosh. I just want to officially say we will, we will return to this. But for now, everyone, mark your calendars. This is our first Forever 35 event. It is. Um, September 18th. And let's also just credit Reply All. Yes. Thank you, Reply All, for starting this this wonderful holiday. We're blatantly that we copying are you. Copying, but, you know, imitation, flattery, et cetera. Et cetera. Um, and I also, I feel like if you know you have to write a thank you note, you don't necessarily have to wait till thank you note forgiveness day. No, no, no. You can write all. it now. But that will just be the day when you can wipe the slate clean. And we'll have a podcast coming out on that night. So We will. It'll, it'll be very exciting. It'll all just feel good. It will. We're going to have a whole episode dedicated just to numbers. <laughs> Let's hear this voice. Okay. Hi, guys. Love the podcast. I'm a first-time caller, but I've been listening for uh, a long time. Um, I am from Pittsburgh, but I'm currently walking my son's dog here in Atlanta where I'm on vacation, so 
forgive any of the background noise, but I'm calling because I just heard um, at the end of the most recent episode, your conversation, uh, well, Dory mentioned that she thinks thank you notes are gendered, and I couldn't agree more. My husband and I have been um, in this uh, decade-long disagreement over this. I consider it to be one of the most genuine and thoughtful gestures of gratitude that you can uh, you can give in, in response to a gift. My husband uh, says, I said thank you in person, and I meant it, and why do I have to create extra work for myself? Uh, and I think, you know, increasingly as I, you know, I reflect on on my own feminism and on social expectations, especially fueled by what you guys have been talking about on the podcast. I am beginning to see some merit to his argument, and I just wondered what your thoughts were. All right, thank you so much for the podcast. Sorry this ran so long. Bye. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Kate? I mean, part of me is like, leave it to a man to just... <laughs> I don't have to do that. <laughs> and then not do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 this just, this is a really interesting question. I mean, my, I, my mom drilled thank you notes into my head, but she also did it to my brother. And in, I, I think it, this plays out differently once you are in a, a hetero partnership. Um, obviously, we can't speak to any other kinds of partnerships, but. You know, I think my brother still writes thank you notes because I think it was just kind of drilled into him. Um, And I think it really is not to be like a weird stickler for old fashioned manners, but I just think a handwritten note to express gratitude is really nice. I agree. But there is something to be said for removing the labor and the mental, like just being like, I don't do that. And it doesn't mean that I don't express gratitude. It doesn't, you know, I think, I think, mm-hmm. I do think their spouse has a point. I know I'm torn because on the one hand, I'm sort of annoyed that he's framing it as like, this is, this is just more work for me when it's like, well, someone bothered to give you something. Mm-hmm. Someone mm-hmm. took the time to think about a gift for you. And like, can't you just express your gratitude to them? But also like maybe, Maybe I'm the one with outdated expectations. I will say, I don't receive many thank you notes. You always send thank you notes. You always send thank you notes. Well, look at us. (laughs) I mean, here we are. (gasps) But then when I think about that, I'm like, well, the point of a gift, the point of giving a gift is not to like receive a thank you note. Very true. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's always nice and appreciated when someone sends a thank you note, but I don't give someone a gift in order to like keep tabs on their appreciation, but it is nice to be appreciated. I know. Why are we writing these thank you notes in the first place? I I don't know. I think it, it's, this is a, it really is a deep question. It is. I'd love to hear more thoughts. Yeah. From people. Do people even write thank you notes anymore? Maybe you've moved on to thank you texts or emails. I I love a thank you text. Or even a thank you email. Yeah, anything, really. Any acknowledgement, I think, is nice. But I still, when I get the handwritten note. Yes, totally. There is something about it. I agree. I agree. Which makes me feel all the much worse when I don't do it. 
Right. Full circle. But I think, you know, it's also worth like, if I may, interrogating our own privilege about this. Get into it. Because not everyone was raised by parents who drilled this into them. People might come from cultures or backgrounds where handwriting a thank you note is not a thing. Yeah. And are, you know, are we just like projecting our own, you know, I- ideas onto other Privilege, pe- privilege. and class expectations. Yeah, and class expectations onto other people. Possibly. Yes, very possibly. I so, mean, because this is certainly something that was passed down from, to my mother, from her mother. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, yes, I think that's very true. So maybe we, and also like, are these, now we're really getting into it, just like Anglo, like white Anglo yeah, Protestant rituals that like are total bullshit? I don't have the answer. I don't either. But I think it's worth asking these questions. Well, Dory, maybe we release ourselves from thank you notes. We just decided on a holiday (laughs) thank you note forgiveness day well maybe the point of thank you note forgiveness day isn't to write the thank you notes it's just to release yourself from the thank you notes i think that is is probably more in line with what we where we're landing on this right also i do think we we often put ourselves through so much um emotional labor of guilt of not doing everything this way and that way when like we're all just trying our best yeah you know what i mean totally there's that like is worrying about a thank you note the best use of my time and energy probably not there are people in the world who could genuinely use my help Mm -hmm. not the person who sent me a nice gift who needs a thank you note yeah you don't have to send me thank you notes anymore kate should we eliminate that from our friendship maybe okay but I do think <laughs> eight hours later, I will say, though, I have been moved at times to write a note, uh, especially I've been writing like just letters of appreciation to friends, not yeah. based on getting an item, but based on our relationship. And yeah. that is very gratifying for me, the letter writer, yes. to send that to them and say just like, thank you. I appreciate yeah. you. Or like, hey, hope you're having a good day. You yeah. know, you are doing an amazing job as a person. Yeah. So maybe it's about we change what thank you notes are even about. Go on. They don't have to be expressing gratitude for a material item received. Mm-hmm. But rather, if we are moved to express ourselves in this way, it's simply a means of informing someone in a new way that you appreciate them. Yes. And that can be done in whatever way you want. Speech performance modern dance tori i look forward to you dancing your thank you (laughs) to me (laughs) on that note can you imagine (laughs) on that note we really need to take a break take a break a lot can happen in three years like a chat bot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's... 
vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Hey, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. Once you once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com 
slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. All right. So now that we've moved on from that topic. Wow. <laughs> um. We heard from another listener about something we discussed a few weeks ago where we talked about not worrying or caring about things. I really like this email. Take it away. Um, Okay. So she writes, I had just joined a gym a few days prior, which can be extremely anxiety inducing for people. I was so inspired by your episode. I thought, no, I'm not going to be nervous. So I just walked in, dropped my kid off with lots of tips on gym daycare from the Forever 35 Parents group on Facebook. Hello. Great group. And just went into Zumba. Something like this would have caused me lots of anxiety before. Am I in the right place? Are people looking at me? Am I in someone's spot? Not anymore. At Zumba, I was just happily in nobody. Nobody looked at me except the people I introduced myself to. Imagine that. There were men, women, 20 to 80, even some differently able gym goers. It was great. My Zumba neighbor encouraged me to go to another class, an interval training class. I went. It is so freeing to just decide I'm not going to care what other people think. Bravo. It is so freeing. It is. And those moments when it happens feel so good. Yeah. And I will say in my own experience, it never feels like it's a permanent feeling. Like it more happens in different instances. And and in those moments, it should be celebrated. Congratulations. Yes. And look, you like gained a community. 
You had some time to yourself. You moved your body in a way that felt great. I love Zumba class. I've never taken a Zumba class. It's so much fun. Would I enjoy it? Yes, actually, you would, considering it's not Broadway music. Sure, but but it's dance, right? It's dance. It's it's accessible movements for people who might not come from a dance background. Um, I find it just like really high energy and fun. Fun. That's the most important part, Dory. It's fun. It is. So kudos to you, listener. Um, all right. Should we listen to this voicemail? Yeah, this is on a totally different topic, but an interesting question that I hope our audience will have thoughts on. Hey, Kate and Dory. Um, I am calling to ask for recommendations for Rackney. You heard that right. I'm talking about acne on your boobs. Um, Where I am right now, it is summer and it's humid. And I think because of wearing a bra, I often get little acne bumps right between my boobs. And I feel like maybe like the sweat collects there. I don't know. I don't know. I was just hoping maybe... You had some recommendations, and if not, maybe a listener does. Um, I'm trying to be more mindful, and um, when I wash my face after a workout, I'll take my sports bra off, and I'll wash in between my boobs, and just wondering, in general, um, if there are any other rachne sufferers out there, if I am alone, and if I'm not, what you guys do? Thanks so much for the podcast. Hmm. Do you have any ideas? I don't have breast acne. Rachne. First of all, rachne. What a is the term? What a delightful pun you've created. Listen, unless this is like a term used that I've never heard before. Have you? No. I would have said like babacne. (laughs) I mean, I would have not. I've heard backne. Of course, we've all heard. Of course, and and buttney. Oh, story. Buttony. See, now buttony is more an experience that I am familiar with. Okay. How um, do you treat your buttony? You just let it live. I don't have a solution, which is why I thought this would be interesting because this seems like something that someone else might have an experience with. I have a thought. Get in it. What about like a benzoyl peroxide or salicylic acid um, wash, like a body wash type thing? I get it. I Those like exist. That. Or even a face wash because, you know, your boobs are kind of a sensitive area. Yeah. Um, have you tried that? Have you tried that, listener? Have you tried that, listener? Um, I would also say not being too harsh with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting it, go get it checked out. Yeah. Go to go to a dermatologist and get it checked out. They might be able to just tell you what is possibly causing it. Maybe it's heat. Maybe it is sweat. Who knows? Um, I would just say... As a, or some of those, like, I think there are wipes, like salicylic acid wipes. You don't think that would hurt the skin? No, because I think those are often formulated for your face. That's very possible. Yeah. But I agree. It's something to discuss with the dermatologist. That feels like a good question to bring up with a medical professional. Yes. But I I would say um, also that it's nothing to feel shame about. No. Um, our bodies. I always have zits popping up all over the place. Totally, Definitely have them on my back. Definitely have them in my ears. Mm. Do you get blackheads in your ears? I'm sure I do, but I don't really look. My mom made me go 
to the dermatologist to get them popped when I was in high school. Wow. And it hurt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That sounds very painful. It was not comfortable. I will have you know. Okay. So I love this next email responding to our episode with Jamie. Yes. Because it's got a product rec that I now, of course, am hungering for. (laughs) All right. Do you want to take it away? Yes. This listener writes, I generally have dark circles under my eyes. I'm 34 years old and have been devoted to the same product since I was 13. Bobby Brown's foundation stick. My color is sand. I have worn this product almost every single day of my life for 21 years, which is insane, but I feel naked without it. I have very distinct memories of my mom taking me to the Bobby Brown counter when I was about to turn 13 to get my first real makeup. And she cut a basic lip gloss, one purpley eyeshadow, a blush, and my holy grail, the foundation stick. When I was younger, I would just rub some on my finger, do a little tap, tap, tap on my dark circles and call it a day. As an adult, I apply the stick directly to my skin and use a beauty blender to smooth it out. All in all, I am emotionally attached to this product. And if Bobby Brown ever discontinues it, I will not know what to do with my life. And this listener says, if you read this on the air, please say hello to my big sister, Annie, who lives in London and listens to Forever 35 whilst commuting to and from work. Hello, Annie. Hello, Annie. Or should we say, cheers. (laughs) That was terrible. (laughs) Oh, so sorry, Uh, listeners. Uh, Dory, what is your one product that if it was discontinued, you would not know what to do with your life? Ooh, Bare Minerals Eyelid Primer. Okay. I love that stuff. What about you? I I mean, my everyday addiction product is Vaseline for my lips. Mm. And not like their Vaseline lip balm, but just like a tub of Vaseline. Like I would not know how to moisturize my lips without Vaseline. Wow. Yes. I would love to know listeners like the one product that if it is removed from this earth... They will be really sad. I mean, I still think about the Body Shop's cucumber water that I bought when I was 11. I love the way it smelled and the way it was like a toner. Mm. But uh, I would say also Clinique Black Honey. Yeah. Like I still wear that. Great. Still wear that. I've worn it since, you know, like eighth grade. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. You haven't worn it since eighth grade? I have. Yes. I wore it. When did I start wearing it? Maybe in high school. Anyway, anyway, we're going to take another short break. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness. Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin 
aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, so this next email is from a friend of ours from Canada. <laughs> Our neighbors to the north. <laughs> Our kind, welcoming, friendly neighbors to the north. Yes. Land of Schitt's Creek and Poutine. <laughs> and Alanis Morissette. And Justin Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Canada. And Justin Bieber. That is true. And also Carly Rae Jepsen, I think. Should we just name famous Canadians? Let's just (laughs) prove how much we know about Canada right now. Uh, This was an email that a listener wrote in looking for some advice. Should I give this one a go? Yes. Four years ago, I moved from Edmonton, Alberta. I know that probably doesn't mean much to your American listeners. Alberta is the province next to British Columbia, if that helps. It does help. To pursue school in Toronto. I'm an actor and I went back to school because I wanted to get a more conservatory style training. I was five to eight years older than most of the people in my class and I had a really rough go while in school. Between unsupportive teachers and classmates that I never really connected with, it was not the journey that I had imagined. I graduated in May of 2018 and since then I've been really wondering whether or not I should move back to my hometown. I told myself I would give it a year to see how I feel in the city without being in school. Well, it's been a year and I don't feel any closer to an answer. I feel disappointed that I'm not where I thought I would be in terms of connections and networking or in the kind of artistic work that is available to me. Toronto is expensive and I can't imagine a time where I'm not living month to month here. I feel like my quality of life would be better at home and closer to my support network. But I have this deep-seated feeling that leaving is a form of giving up, and that I haven't tried hard enough to pursue my career, that I haven't been ambitious enough, in short, that I'm a failure. I'm nearing 30, and I'm just not where I thought I'd be at this point. I gave up a lot to move to the big city, and I'm afraid that all of that will have been for nothing if I end up moving back home again. I won't have the same kind of auditions available to me when I move back, but there is a thriving arts community that I was part of before I left." 
Basically, what I want to ask you is this. How did you make the decision to move when you left your hometown for New York? And how did you make the call to move to LA? What are the kinds of things that helped you make the decision? And how did you make peace with leaving a place? How do you overcome fear that you might make the wrong choice? Mm. These are big questions. Big, big questions. I will say I moved to Los Angeles as part of a partnership with my husband and it was had to do a lot with his career and also just kind of the quality of life we were going for raising our then one child now we have two children so i think i was in a different situation than you listener i i i think it is so hard when we see our decisions and which is this is something i do but only in ter- in terms of like it was a success or it was a failure and how we define what those things are. And I'm wondering if this experience was a success because what you realized is that Toronto might not be for you. Maybe Mm. there is a community for you to join back home. You realized the value and importance of your network at home, your support network. You see that living paycheck to paycheck is not what you want to be doing. And you see a different option. I mean, all these things are important things to learn about ourselves. And they're, it's, they, you didn't learn them by failing. I mean, that you, you know, I, I just, I, I, not to pull the old reframe the narrative, pull it, yoink. <laughs> but I, I, I think part of working through these experiences and decisions is really looking at how we're, what we're viewing as success and what we're viewing as failure. And I do understand what you're talking about because I do know the feeling of, going and making a really big choice and all eyes are probably on you and your family and you're spending money and you made a really big life decision and how we often measure those things is like what kind of financial and professional success came out of it Mm. and i think that unfortunately is a narrow way of looking at success but that is what we all do and i'm not not trying to be critical of you for for thinking that way or possibly thinking that way so I don't know. I feel like this experience, you pro- you probably have gained a lot. It's knowledge they're g- you're going to use when you go back to this thriving arts community in your hometown, which seems like a lovely place to return to. And, you know, if you make the decision to go back and then you're like, oh, no, wait, I belong in Toronto. You can go back. Toronto will be there. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. I love that, Kate. Thank you, Dory. I mean, how did you make these big decisions? Because you did, you were single when you moved. I was. I mean, not that decisions need to be made because of relationships, but what did make you move to LA? And how did you know it was time to leave? And did you ever feel like you were making the wrong choice? Hmm. Well, you know, I've, I lived my whole life on, until I moved to LA, I lived my whole life on the East Coast as, as I had you. Yes. Um, I grew up in Boston and I went to college in Philadelphia and then I lived in New York and I was just kind of ready for a a different perspective, kind of looking at the country from the West Coast instead of the East Coast. Like it really does literally shift your point of view when you move to the West Coast from the East Coast. Um, And I was ready just for that California lifestyle. Like I really was. And... I was also fortunate in that the company I was working for at the time, BuzzFeed, was opening an office in LA and moved me out here. So I didn't have to worry about, 
you know, job or career stuff. And that took a lot of pressure off. Um, and when I moved to New York initially, it was because, you know, I wanted to work in media and, and New York is the capital of media in the United States. Um, at least like journalistic media. Um, and so it just seemed to like make sense. Um, I also knew a lot of people in New York. I had a support system. I imagine it is very tough to move to a new city without a support system, with no money, with no job. Like it's really tough. Um, so yeah, so I, I get it. I also think there's no, we never make decisions or I mean, rarely do we make decisions where we're like, this is a hundred percent the right choice. Like I still, I love living in Los Angeles. I feel at home here. I've been here eight years. I lived in New York for 10 years. At least once a year, I cry about how much I miss New York. Mm -hmm. I love New York. I will always, there's always a part of me that's going to want to go back and live there and wonder like, what might, would my life be like if I was there? Yeah. But I also think the things that this caller mentioned, like having financial stability is a is a huge part of feeling secure in our lives. And yeah. that's not, you know, if that's something that's going to bring you peace of mind and then maybe allow you to keep pursuing your career, I, I, I don't, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think also, you know, your question, how do you overcome fear that you might make the wrong choice? I think that holds people back from a lot of things just this fear that the decision you make is quote unquote wrong. Yeah. When I do think that that is an unhelpful way to frame things. Um, not to say that like there is never a wrong choice, but I think a lot of times what looks like a quote unquote wrong choice is, is not a wrong choice. You kind of turn it into whatever you want it to be. I do think like what is best for me right now? Yeah is another way of looking at things. What is best for you? Yeah. And I think also really asking yourself what is best for you, not what, how are people going to think of me? Yeah. I mean, that is so hard for me. Is really hard. But yes. I think that's what you have to do and just like own it. Yeah. Also like truly, I know it's so cliche, but like these are the experiences that shape these experiences that are hard and challenging are what really shape us as humans, not like our glowing successes, at least in my humble existence. That is what I found. Yeah, that that is very profound. You know, I am just an oracle of wisdom. <laughs> Truly. Uh, as you are. Are, and you are a modern dancer. That's <laughs> the number two. Uh... Um, on that note, we really are so grateful that you entrust us with these questions we are these big life questions so thank you and listeners we welcome your feedback for all these topics so chime in yeah and we'll uh, talk to you again soon thank you bye, bye.